Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be if we got what was fair, you know what you'd get? If I got what was fair, I'd be thrown in hell right now. I would have been thrown in hell a long time ago. That would be fair because I sinned against the Lord. So we need to be careful about, oh, that's unfair. But I know in the terminology, it seems unfair. But when you consider all that Josiah had done, but we have to remember, we are the sinner and God is not. Bottom line. And we like to pride ourselves whenever we do a little pinch of what is right, when in reality, we are completely and totally inundated with sin, and that sin makes God angry, and God has every right to judge it. But also, there's a lot more information about Josiah's death that I think we need to take a look at to understand a little more in 2 Chronicles 35 and 20. It says, when Josiah had prepared the temple... Nacho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent messengers to him, saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house with which I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. Refrain from meddling with God, who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself so that he might fight with him and did not heed the words of Nacho from the mouth of God. We like to think all pharaohs are evil. This was a good pharaoh. This pharaoh was in good communication with God. He said, stay out of this. What did Josiah not do? He didn't listen. Greatest king, never been one before or none like him since. And he did not listen to the word of God. Can you imagine that? So now do you know why Josiah went down? As great a guy as he was, and he certainly was, but he didn't listen to the Lord God. So Josiah did make a lot of reforms, yes, but still, Josiah, the man, he's a sinner just like the rest of us are. And Josiah would not listen to God's warning, stay out of this. So I'm wondering what was Pharaoh's reason for going to war here? Egypt was fighting against Babylon to keep Babylon from becoming a world power. Babylon is going to be the people that's about to take Judah away. So what was Josiah's motivation to want to go and fight Pharaoh? What was the big deal there? Why did he want to go do it? It seems to me maybe Josiah, uh, he was mistaken, that he was thinking that Pharaoh's military, that big move was a way to gain strength to end up attacking Judah. I think Josiah might have thought that Pharaoh was making a move to attack them. Again, what's amazing here is Josiah completely disregarded Babylon as being any threat at all. And they're the ones that's coming to get them eventually. 
You know, the Lord did not tell them that it would be Babylon coming. He said that they would be taken. Uh, I'm going to remove you from my sight, but he did not name Babylon. You would think if I was maybe Josiah, let's see, the Lord said we're going to be removed from his sight. What if it's Babylon that's going to do it? Maybe I ought to leave Pharaoh alone and let him go to war with those guys. But he didn't listen. Friends, this is what happens when we try to do things our way. When I don't listen to the Lord and I don't ask him first, well, here's the way I see it, so I'm going to move. Now you might be actually working against yourself. And to think that the Lord did warn him, stay out of this. He told him. So Josiah, he indeed, he really was a good king. He did a lot of good things. and He made big changes to Israel, even though the majority probably was against him. But we can still see that sinners are still sinners. All of us. As good as I can be, I'm sure you hang around me long enough, you're going to see me do something wrong sometime. You can find fault with me if you look at me long enough. It's not that hard. The best of us, we are all sinners. And it's apparent that Josiah experienced a time in his life here when his sin nature spiked up to where it clouded his discernment for a time. He couldn't see things from God clearly. And he paid for it with his life. And God even told him, stay out of this. And Josiah's reign ended prematurely. 2 Kings 23 and 31, Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months <laughs> and just barely getting started. I'm just getting used to this. And he reigned only three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatel, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna, and he did evil. You'd think he would have got it like dad. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. Now Pharaoh Necho put him in prison at Riblah in the land of Hamath, that he might not reign in Jerusalem. And he imposed on the land a tribute of 100 talents of silver and a talent of gold. Then Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in place of his father Josiah, look at this, and changed his name. That's a, that's a thing right here. And he changed his name to Jehoiakim. And Pharaoh took Jehoahaz and went to Egypt, and he died there. Look at that. But guys, again, not all pharaohs are evil. We like to think of the 400 years, the bad pharaoh then. But Nacho, I think, was a good pharaoh. As we already know, he heard directly from the Lord, just as Second Chronicles tells us. And I think that Pharaoh Nacho was trying to prevent bad policy by removing Jehoahaz. After three months of watching this guy do stupid stuff, he thought, oh no, I'm stepping in. Perhaps, maybe the Lord told Pharaoh to do this. I think Pharaoh Necho was trying to stop bad policy. This new king, it was such a drastic change from how Josiah's policy worked. I think Necho did not like how this was affecting Egypt. So he jailed him. He took Jehoahaz, a king, and put him in jail. But then he installed this brother Eliakim to keep the ancestral line intact. And that was at least a respectful move. Pharaoh could have put one of his own Egyptians in there and tried to go for it anyway, but he kept the line intact and he put this other guy in there. But he changed his name to Jehoiakim. And when I heard the name Jehoiakim, that rang a bell in my ear because that sounded familiar with something I recently covered. And I thought, oh, what was that? And I went back and looked. Uh, Jehoiakim means established by God established by God. You might remember 
when Josiah stood in front of the people to make a covenant, there were those pillars of the temple that Josiah stood next to a pillar when he made that covenant with the Lord God. And those pillars had names. One was named Yaquin, which means the Lord will establish. Yaquin was the name. And that's a very similar name to Jehoiakim, which means the same thing, the Lord will establish. I don't want to fault Pharaoh here because I think he was doing his part right. But also, I think whether Pharaoh recognized this or not, whether he was consciously aware of this or not, this renaming, I think it's possible that giving the king the new name of Jehoiakim might be the Lord's way of reminding the people of Judah about that covenant they made when they all stood up for it. Because he made it by that pillar, Yaakim, which means the Lord will establish. Now you've got a king over you. You're in slavery like I said was coming. And you need to remember that I made a covenant with you that I established. It's like a reminder. You should have done better. We made a covenant. We bound it. Now you're in trouble because you wouldn't listen, and now the very name of the king was changed to remind you of that covenant that you made. Isn't that something? I knew I heard this name somewhere, and I looked it up, and Joachim and Jehoiakim both mean the Lord will establish. So, oh my gosh, they were supposed to keep that covenant with the Lord, but they still broke it. They still broke it anyway. Now you'd think that Jehoiahaz, he would have learned to do better from seeing what was in his father Josiah. He should have done better. He should have been like dad. Now, the fact that he reigned for only three months before he got put in an Egyptian jail cell and died in it, that tells you right there that God is done with this kind of attitude. When your kids give you attitude and you put up with it and you deal with it, and finally you go, I am done, enough of this, and you lay down the law... That's kind of what's going on here. God is done with this. He's not having it anymore. The Lord God, he gave Israel so much long-suffering patience for centuries. But now, it's done. Now we got to do something different. No more. Israel now had to pay heavy taxation. They were now slaves of Egypt all over again. And to think they just had the biggest Passover. The Passover, that was the the big time when they were supposed to get out of Egypt, get out of slavery from Egypt. And now they had a Passover and went back in. 2 Kings 23 and 35. So Jehoiakim gave the silver and gold to Pharaoh, but he taxed the land to give money according to the command of Pharaoh. He exacted the silver and gold from the people of the land, from everyone according to his assessment, to give it to Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebudah, the daughter of Padeah of Rumah, and he did evil. See, guys, there it is. The evil pattern is so easy to gravitate into. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. And maybe you're thinking of this guy, dude, you just still don't get it, do you? I mean, you had your dad, you had a lot to learn from him. You just don't get it. Well, no, he didn't get it because sin clouds the mind. Sin will cloud your thoughts and it'll make you do things you shouldn't do. Like Josiah, he went to war and he's warned, stay out of this. You know, even though Josiah put everything back in God's order, 
he still had the sinful tendency to try to do things his own way. Friends, I think that's a big theme in this uh, passage in this chapter, is that whenever you try to do things your way, you're going to get in trouble. Always ask the Lord God, Lord God, what do you want me to do? Consult with him over everything. Looking for work, a career move, a decision, I'm going to move to a new place, or whatever it is. Everything. You consult with the Lord God. But he did things his own way. Now, have you ever done like this? I'm putting my hand up right now. Doing things my way. This is the way I see it. I've been in radio for years. I think I ought to do that. And I implement it and I go, oh, shoot, I didn't even ask God. (laughs) Well, God, I know radio better than you do. We think like that, but we don't want to say it. You ever been like this? Where you say to yourself, oh, yeah, but, 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 you know, I turned everything over to the Lord God. I turned everything over to him. He's got my life. He's Lord over everything. But I'm going to go deal with that problem over there. That one's reserved for me. God, you stay out of that one. That's mine to deal with. I'm going to go. That's right where you get back in trouble. It's like Josiah. Lord, everything's yours. Passover. False gods are out. But I'm going to go deal with that Pharaoh situation. That's something I'm going to deal with because I know how to do that. He didn't ask the Lord God. Even it, The Lord God even told him not to. And so we end up like Josiah did. You mount up your strength and you go attack that little problem even after the Lord warned you to stay out of it. You ever do something that you know is wrong? You ever do something that you know the Lord will not be pleased with and you did it anyway? Well, you know, it's not no big deal. This is one little battle, Pharaoh. I can take him. Really? You think so? Get you in trouble. Friends, the best thing that we can do is give our lives to the Lord, all of it, and stop trying to do things our own way. When you try to do things your own way, that is not making Jesus Lord. If we're still going to try to keep some little parts of our own lives under our own control, we're going to make those little areas, those little pockets, these are the off-limits to God areas of my life that I want to keep for me. God, take care of all the big stuff, but I want these little things here that you need to stay out of. And the Lord says, don't even mess with those little things either. No, God, this is, this is mine. I'm going to do this. You didn't really give, your, give it all over to him, did you? And you know what that produces? That sin, and you know what sin produces? It produces death. And what happened to Josiah? He died. He's gone. Premature gone. I love the things that Josiah did. He brought back proper worship to Israel. He got everyone united together in unity. He put the Passover holiday back in. People worship the Lord in unity. And the Bible even says, oh, well, he did this and he did that. And it says, more over, like even more. He went after the little pockets, the little, the little mediums and all that. Greatest king that's ever been. But even though Josiah did everything right, In turning the nation back to God, the Lord's wrath still burned against all the deliberate sin that Israel had committed for centuries. Josiah's reforms were too little, too late. It's like my friend whose teeth were falling out. Even after he got right with the Lord God, they quit their drug habit. They were doing everything right, but the damage had already been done. And the damage that they did for such a long time, it had taken such a toll on their body that it was kind of past the point of no return at that, at that time. Israel had done so much damage to the land and to the people. It was kind of like that, done so much damage. It was kind of past the point of no return. 
by the time that Josiah put in all these big changes. Now, one thing I think we need to keep in mind is that we are all sinners. Don't sit there all by yourself and think it's just you and think, well, I'm the only one that messes up around here. Everybody has it so together, especially Mr. Perfect Pastor up there, or else he wouldn't be a pastor if he didn't have it so perfect. I'm about to laugh if you really think like that. If you've just beaten yourself up, I'm the only one that's like this, I want you to know we are all sinners. Even at our very best, if the Lord God could write about you the way he wrote about Josiah, the best king that they ever had, if the Lord wrote that you are the best congregant that this church ever had, and there's been nobody like you before, nobody like you since, you still got to know that even your best doesn't cut it. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. If you were to take the best of the best stuff you've ever done, think through your life, the most righteous things you've ever done, take, say, maybe Take the top 0.1% of the most righteous thing you have ever produced in your life, and you take that one little best thing you've ever, ever done, and you presented it before God and said, here is my absolute very, very, very best, Lord God. You know how he sees it? He sees it as a filthy rag. I'm talking about your best. You're beating yourself up over your worst. Your best is filthy. It sounds like I can't do anything right. You can't. And the reason you're pressuring yourself up is you are trying to do right. You can't. Not apart from Christ, you can't. Everything we do is dirty. We are sinners. At our very best peak performance, we are just not good enough to reach God's standard. If we all went to Reliance Stadium, and stood on the football field, and you know how high it is in there, and I asked you all to jump and touch the top. Not one of us could make it. Some of you could probably jump higher than me. I imagine I can see a few of you in here that probably can out-jump me. You can jump a lot higher than I can. I jumped higher than you, but you still didn't touch the top. We can't get to that level. We just are incapable of it. But don't worry. God already knows this about us. That's why he sent us a Savior. Look at Titus 3, verse 3. For we ourselves were also once foolish. Don't just knock Josiah around. We were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. I can't touch the top. That's okay. I know someone who can, and He will lift you there despite your inabilities. But maybe you 
or someone you know is thinking, I'll get right with the Lord, but I'm having too much fun right now. I'm not ready right now. I'll get right with the Lord later. I know this gospel thing, but if I do it, I'm going to lose my party life or whatever it is. I'll do it later. I'll get there. If that's you thinking right now like this, I want you to know about Romans 2 verse 5. It says, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up, storing up. You're making it worse. Wrath for yourself on the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. You're putting it off. You're just making things worse. Israel, send and send and send. We'll get right later. They send for centuries. Ah, we'll get around there sometime. Not right now. We're having too much fun. We want to be like everybody else. We want to be like all the other nations. I don't want to be set apart for God. I don't want to be alone. I want to have friends over here and friends over there. I want to go out and do whatever I want to when I want. I want to do things my way. I'll get right later. We'll look at what happened when they did finally get right. They had already caused so much damage, it was too little, too late. Now, I want you to understand one thing. Getting saved by Jesus is a promised guarantee. If you truly believe in Him, even at the last hour, even if on your deathbed at the very, very end, you give your life to Jesus Christ, just like the thief on the cross did, if you believe in Jesus, you will be saved. That is the beauty of the Gospels. No matter how bad we've been, you give your life to Jesus, you're saved, okay? But by putting Jesus off till later, that only builds up the damage that God is going to have to deal with and also consequences that come back to you. I always say you can choose your sins, but you never get to choose the consequences that come in behind it. You cannot put Jesus off thinking you can get right with him later. And then when you do it later, you expect that to mean that God has to take all the consequences away that you caused. Your life of sin hurts people. Your life of sin damages relationships. It hurts other, other individuals. It hurts entire groups of people. And you get right with the Lord, you got to realize they are still damaged. They're still hurt. Go and reconcile with them. Do the best you can. But don't think this means that God has to just wipe the slate completely clean on every bit of damage you committed everywhere else. I see it time and time again. I sat on a jury. This guy committed a violation. It was a terrible violation. It took us a whole week to go through this court case. We had to put him in jail. And he apologized up and down. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it again. I'll never do it again. But he did it. All his I'm sorry's that he threw on us, the jury, was too little, too late. The damage was done, and he had to go. Hated to see it, but as I saw this guy get taken away, I thought of myself, the damage I've done that the Lord has saved me from. But I am still dealing with some of the consequences, even to this day. They're still there. Well, Lord, I got right. Shouldn't those consequences be gone? No. I'm just asking you, if you're thinking about getting right with the Lord later, I want you to think about the damage you're causing. Repent and get right now. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ today. It's not just about you being saved. It's about everybody else besides just you that can be helped. Get right today, now, before you find yourself looking down the barrel of Too little, too late.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.